When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello again, and a warm welcome again to the football show here on Belfast Live. Once again, a, a living, almost living, Glentorum legend, Paul Lehman, is alongside me. And our special guest this week is the Cliftonville versatile frontman, Steve Gillard. Stephen, you're welcome. Thank you very much, Steve. Eight years of solitude. Good years. Yeah, um, yep, very good years, obviously. Some success along the way, some quieter seasons, but thoroughly enjoyed it, so it's been great so far. We'll talk about uh, the successes you've had over the years later, but uh, this season you're up to fourth. It's, uh, you're coaching along nicely. Yeah, we're doing okay. I mean, with, with a poor enough start, we recovered really well. Um, unfortunately, we sort of set ourselves back over the Christmas period, but I think it's a work in progress, and um, we're hovering around that fourth or fifth spot, so hopefully we can climb up a spot or two. Mm. All right, we always at this point look back to last Saturday and uh, the match of the day was first against second. Coleraine 3, Crusaders 3. Overall, a classic and a great advert for the local game. Paul. Yeah, Jackie, big crowd. <coughs> two top teams playing. Six goals. Had a bit of everything in the game and it's probably a good result for both teams, I think. Probably slightly better for Coleraine given that they were 3-1 down in the game. And obviously the, the sending off of Colin Coates had a bit of an impact from a Crusaders point Big of view. Big turning point, yeah. Yeah, it was a turning point, but you've got to give Coleraine tremendous credit for fighting back from 3-1 down to, to salvage a draw. And as I say, it's a good result for both teams, but Stephen will be a bit disappointed, Stephen Baxter, that they weren't able to hang on being 3-1 up, you know, 2-0 up and then 3-1 up in the game. He'll be a bit disappointed, but, you know, looking over at the bigger picture, a draw is not a bad result at, at, at Coleraine because they're, they're such a good side. Yeah, and a draw... One point each to Coleraine Crusaders. It keeps them in touch with people like you below them. Yeah, well, we, we clawed a couple of points back, um, albeit that they're way ahead in this distance, the two sides. But um, I think I would agree with, with Labour that, um, you know, the crews have the momentum or had the momentum. So it's a big um, statement that the Coleraine were able to pull those couple of goals back and it keeps it interesting. Coleraine were 2-0 down at half-time and I think Orlan at half-time was saying things like, Okay, some people are doubting you. Show me what you've got in the second half. And they did. Again, we say it all the time, they've answered all the questions so far this season. People are saying, is this the week they're going to come unstuck? And they never do it. They were 2-0 down at half-time, as you say. It might have been easy for them to, to crawl into their shell and, and lie down, but they haven't done that. They've come out and they've responded again. They've got back into the game. But they've got good players, Jackie. They've got a good squad there. And they think they can beat anybody. And certainly at home, I think they're... Their record at home is fantastic, as is Crusaders' away record. So it was a real ding-dong battle and six goals, as we said, and a fantastic game of football. And Coleraine have proven again that they're they're up there on merit with the big boys and they can still win it. They're still there. Oh, yeah. A big, big crowd, which is always nice to see. It is. Uh, Windsor Park, Linfield 2, Glenavon 3. Help me get my double up. How does your double go? <laughs> Don't mention my double. Not so well. <laughs> Confidence is low in the doubles, but... Um, great uh, tip from yourself, Jackie Glenavon. I have to say, I didn't fancy Glenavon going to Windsor. I don't think historically they've done too well there. 
So for them to go there and get a 3-2 result victory, three points is a massive result for Glenavon. But again, it's a, it's a, it's a poor result for Linfield. Normally they're so formidable at home, they don't lose many games at Windsor. And it's another loss for them there. And you know, you've got to say, you know, I talk about Glen Torn a lot in this show, that saying that Glen Torn are not doing as well as they should be. You've got to say the same thing for Linfield now. It, given that they've come off the back of a, a double, a treble, if you want to call it, from last season, mm-hmm. everyone expected them to kick on. They strengthened the squad. They brought in players like Jordan Stewart and Josh Robinson and Robbie Garrett. They've brought in two new players now in January. They've got the resources and they just haven't kicked on. It just hasn't been good enough for Linfield. We always say, oh, you never write off Linfield, and that is true, but they're now 18 points off the pace. Yeah. Surely there's no way back. They do have two games in hand, but even if they win those two games in hand, you'd expect Crusaders and Coleraine are going to keep that momentum going. It would be 12 points behind still. They're now running out of games, and... You know they would have to put, they would have to win every single game, and the other two teams to collapse just to get back involved in the title race. And the way that they're playing, I just don't see them doing that. I think Linfield have got to hope to get as high up the table as they possibly can and, and have a good run in the Irish Cup. But their league form has been far from impressive. And David Healy's position after a treble last year, yeah, you think it might be secure enough? Linfield's not the type of club, Jackie, that sort of make knee-jerk decisions. Mm. I think David Healy, they'll put their faith in him. He done brilliant last season. He's brought in some new players. It hasn't happened for whatever reason this season. But as I say, they'll be looking to finish the season strongly, hopefully get a run in the Irish Cup. And I think they, they would think David Healy's still their man. He's, by all accounts, he's a really hard-working manager. Mm. He's got a great squad as, at his disposal. disposal sorry, But he, he has to try and get the best out of that squad now because it really hasn't been good enough to, to date. And Gary Hamilton, he was beaming after the game. And why not? Yeah, and, and Glenavon are sort of going under the radar. Everyone's talking about, you know, Crusaders and Coleraine and other teams, and, and no one's really mentioning Glenavon. And they they've clawed back another couple of points, and that's a massive result for them. And they're capable of beating anyone on their day with the strike force that they have. But I just think defensively, over the course of the season, I don't think they have just enough to to get to that next level. Mm. Stephen, we've already mentioned Coleraine Crusaders and now Linfield Glenavon. Uh, what are your thoughts on those teams? Who, who's maybe the best you've met this season? I think um, I think on merit, Coleraine and Crusaders are at the top. They're at the top of the league, and um, that's not by chance. I think the two those two sides have been the best so yeah. far. Um, below them too, you've sort of got a mini pack of us, um, Linfield and Glenavon. But um, as Paul says, anyone can beat anyone. You know, any of the top five teams can beat each other on their on their day. It's just that wee bit of consistency that we're all looking for. Mm-hmm. And then it's Cliffville 3, Dungannon Swift's nil. I was at that one, and a certain substitute come on made a big impact in the second half after what had been a tall enough first half, nil nil at half time. Yeah, all credit to Dungannon. I mean, they really put it up this. Um, I don't think it was a 3 0 game. Um, we sort of rode our luck at times, but we also missed chances as well. And um, it, was just, it was good to get on the pitch and, and make an impact and get the three points. Yeah, he made a, a major impact, but then he's capable of that, is he not? Yeah, I mean, played a lot of times against Stephen. He's a very direct player, and he's been in the league a long time, and he played in some good, really good Cliftonville teams as well. And he's he's still there, and he's as you say, he's made an impact, and it's 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 no surprise. He's that type of player. He's very direct. He can come on and make things happen, and or when he starts, he can make things happen. He's certainly not the type of player I like, Mark and Jackie. <laughs> no, he'd be a bit fleet of foot. <laughs> But up to fourth place? Yeah, I mean, we seem to be going up to fourth and then dropping down to fifth, and that seems to be a bit of a, a yo-yo. But um, 
our our sights are on the teams above us now and we need to go on a run and put a bit of form together and have a strong end of the season and see where it takes us. Uh, manager Barry Gray, he's settled in very well considering he's coming into North Belfast where he has no real connection with. And I did worry about that. I thought he's outside that bubble and parochial setting that he might not be accepted by all. But he seems to, after a shaky start, as you said, He's getting results. Yeah, well, Cliftonville's fairly um, definitely an accepting club. I mean, as long as we're we're getting the results and the progress is happening, which I think um, has been the case. So, um, you know, we are working progress. I suppose we, you know, we need to, you know, look look above the table or look, look upwards and um, potentially maybe next year, hopefully, go on to the really challenge. You know, mm. Cliftonville, as you say, they're below the radar as well, but they're. I think they've stabilised. They have, Jackie, and I was chatting to Stephen before we came on air, and it was, I think, this season's about Barry trying to get things in place, and there's a couple of players, you know, you look at their strikers. Everyone talks about Joe Garmley and and um, Rory Donnelly, and they, these guys are just back. It's their first season back in the Irish yeah. League, and they've done okay considering it's their first season. Joe's coming back from an injury, but I think next season you'll really see those guys come to another level, and Barry's obviously building the rest of the team around that. And they've done well, you know, considering the start that they've had. Fourth place is really good for them. Defensively, they're very solid, which is where they struggled, you know, the previous two seasons. Defensively, they're now really solid. Bam Neeson's been a really good signing for mm-hmm. them. I think they haven't conceded in something like 700 minutes at home. So defensively, they've got a great foundation. And I think, you know, long term, Barry's put some good players in place. He's got his, his own theory in place now. And I think next season, you'll see Cliftonville really challenging more than they, had, they have done this season. And he's let Daniel Hughes go. Was that a surprise to the rest of the squad? It wasn't, it wasn't. I mean, it was a surprise in that Daniel Hughes is, <coughs> is a quality player and you don't want to lose quality players, but um, Daniel also wanted to play games and was probably too good to be sitting on Cliftonville's bench. Mm. So um, whilst we'll miss him, it's certainly a big improvement um, and big plus for Dungannon. OK, next match. One you were at last Saturday. Ours won Balamina United nil. Yeah. And Ballamina could have had a shout for a couple of penalties. They could have, and I tipped Ballamina as well. It was one of my doubles, so um, I should I should stay away from your team, Jackie. But no, it was a game that I expected Ballamina to win. They were on great form going into that game, but Ards have won the last couple of games at home, so their home form's been good. And it wasn't a great first half, and I was actually sitting with Mark Lendenning and you know, Reese scored the goal, and Ross will think he should have saved it. was a tale of it. two brothers, wasn't it? Was, it was, so it was a bit of a mixed day for Mark, and, uh, you know, he was delighted for one son, disappointed for the other. But, uh, you know, Reese got the goal, and Ards got in front. They could have got another goal to kill the game off, and then Balamina had two or three really good chances yeah. at the end of that game. I one saw the pictures, and I thought they had a couple of good shots, but then I would say that. Yeah, one. you're biased, but <laughs> Matthew Shevlin, who I thought done really well in the day, he, he had a a really good chance at the end hit the post so Balamina will think you know, they could have got something out of that game they'll be disappointed it was a tough week for them losing the yards and obviously losing the County Antrim Shield final and it's back to the drawing board for them and they have a big fixture against Linfield this weekend so mm-hmm. tough week for yeah, Balamina indeed I'm for that one but I keep telling you that Ards can play a bit yeah Ards I mean they're fighting hard Colin Nixon's doing a good job they're fighting hard from there you could see there's a real work ethic about them I just think they're going to struggle to score goals. As I say, they, yeah. they had two big chances. They were 1-0 up, but they had two big chances to really kill the game off and make it a lot easier. They didn't take them, and then I could see Nicky getting more and more animated at the end, having not taken the chances, and Balamina created a few at the end. So that's something that he'll look to address. He's brought in Cameron Stewart, and he'll be hoping Cameron can add goals to the team. 
Yeah. And finally, uh, basement battle, Warren Point won Balna Mallard nil. Yeah. I tipped the Mallard as well, so I thought they might have got a response. <laughs> Haven't done so well against Glen Torn the previous week, but that's a really big win for, for Warren Point. You know, they've got to win those games, the teams that are about them, down at the bottom of the table, and it's a big three points for, for Warren Point. And Matthew Tipman's also come out this week to say that Darren Murray's going nowhere until the end of the season. It's another boost for them. They need to get win those games just to stay out of that bottom two, and they've done that. I was going to mention Darren Murray. Does he go or does he stay? They need him. They do need him, and I'm sure Matthew's done everything in his power to, to make sure he stays there. He's so important for them. His goals are going to be so important to keep them out of that relegation bottom two. And uh, if he can stay, it'll be a big plus for him. And that was a big three points for him last Saturday. And it's looking very gloomy for Gavin Dykes and the Mallards. It is, and you know Richard Clark's a good friend of mine. I've spoken to Richard and. He's a player who's obviously played for some big teams, Glenthorne and Crusaders, and been challenged for trophies. So it's a difficult one for for him to to be down playing at the bottom of the league. And he says they are working really hard. They just they're just they don't they just don't have that quality, Jackie. I don't think they get up there where they need to be. And a lot of things have gone against them. They should have beaten Glenthorne a couple of weeks ago. Didn't go for them. And they're going into the games or the teams around them. And they're failing to pick up points. So it looks as if to me it looks as if they're doomed. Yes, I can't see them getting out of it. They, they can't. That's hard to see that, isn't it? It is hard to see it because you know they've been a breath of fresh air for the Irish League since they've came up, and I think everyone <coughs> enjoys going to Fernie Park. It's a great surface, lovely uh, surface, lovely club, nice people. Yeah, but you know sometimes be, that doesn't. The good doesn't, guys don't win. Doesn't get your results. They've got to find results, Jackie. Absolutely. Right. Well, let's uh, have a look at the uh, league table if I can find it. How it stacks up at the moment. There we are. Crusaders and Coleraine, first and second. Crusaders leading by a point. Then there's an 11 point gap back to Glenavon and 49. Four points further back, Cliffville and 45. Linfield, 43. And a nine point gap to uh, the side, Bellamini United, who complete the top six. In the bottom six, it's Glen Torren. They're six points clear of uh, Dungannon. Ards closed the gap to 24, they're just one behind in Gannon. And then a further seven points back, Warren Point. Further six points back, Carrick on 11, Balna Mallard on 7. As we said, it doesn't look so good for the Mallards. Did you see the piece in the paper at the weekend after the game? Uh, where he came on as a sub and Barry Gray was quoted as saying, major impact, he's great coming on as a sub, some people think he should be in the team, and they're probably right, but he does a great job for us as a sub. That's, I'll come to Steve in a moment, but that's not the sort of thing a player wants to hear. No, I mean, it's a compliment from the manager, it's a positive compliment from the manager, because he's saying that Stephen's coming off the bench and, and he's able to make an impact every time he comes off the bench, but... You know, personally speaking, as a player, you want to you want to start games. You want to play in as many games as you possibly can. And I'm sure Stephen's the same. And you know, all that Stephen can do is you know keep making those, making that impact when he comes off the bench. And hopefully, when he gets a start, he can do the same thing from early on in games and, and keep his place in the team. But he's certainly a, a quality player and has been over the years. And you know, he's signed for Cliff and Wolf for the next three years, so he's he's firmly in Barry Gray's plans. I'll, I'll defend Barry Gray a bit because, and I've no need to, but I think he said it with a good heart and he was praising 
Stephen yeah. for making a big big impact but then when you read it in cold print what it says you're a great sub you're going to be a sub a super sub how did you read it? Uh, well I think you're right in terms of sometimes things are said and then when it's put down on paper it reads differently yeah um, I, I mean, I take it as a compliment in that, first of all, he was praising the impact that I'd made in the game. Um, I certainly want to start every game, and, but it, I suppose the onus is on me to prove to Barry Gray that I should be starting every game and um, almost make it impossible for him to put me on the bench. So I suppose it's a bit of a challenge for me to get back into the side and, and um, be a super player rather than a super sub. Yeah, but I think the fact, and uh, Paul probably agree, you can play on the flanks, you can play up front as a striker, you can play off the striker or beside the striker. That versatility and being able to do different jobs, it can count against you at times. I think at times it can. I mean, I started my career as a striker um, and gradually turned into a winger. Um, so if I can play a number of positions, but yeah, the versatility sometimes can go against you. But, um, I mean, I'm happy to play my part when and where needed and contribute to hopefully, hopefully us progressing up the table. Don't let them think you're that happy. <laughs> Not that happy. <laughs> you, you had that at times too, hadn't you? Yeah, early Playing on. different positions. Yeah, I mean, I broke into the Glenthorne team as a, a central midfield player and then I played centre-half, played right-back, left-back. Yeah. I even ended up in nets in one of the games. But, you know... Elliot hey, was that bad? No, it was before Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> But no, that, that versatility, I think you're right, Jackie, because there was times when maybe the squad depth wasn't there and someone was out injured and you maybe filled in at left-back or right-back for Colin Nixon, say, and then when Colin came back in, he was obviously going to get his place back in the team and then I was maybe on the bench, so it did go against you at times. But I think the player's attitude is important, Jackie, because I'm not saying you're happy enough to be to be sub, but you've got to have that attitude, whereas... When you get your chance, you've got to take it. As Stephen said, I'll show, you've yeah. got to show the manager that I yeah. warrant a place in the team. And I think I managed to do that at Glen's Horn. And even when I went to Crusaders, people thought, why are you going to go to Crusaders? You're not going to play there because you've got Davy McGowan and Colin Coates. But I went and fought from a place and played over 100 games for them. So and won another league title. Yeah, so it's, it's down to the individual as well and your attitude and your desire to get into the team. And, you know, Stevie seems to have that. So I'm sure he'll be in the team sooner rather than later. Somebody's mobile phone has just gone off. It's maybe your agent. <laughs> the boy from Dundonald, uh, it's been a good career. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like an eternity ago. I started my career um, at Limfield, but I mean, some success along the way. Um, generally, I've, I've enjoyed every moment of it, so hopefully, a lot more to come. And you, went, you started as a, a boy. With uh, a big youth club, uh, Dungoyne, yeah. as an eight-year-old. I think, were you there? That's my old team, yeah. Yeah, and there are a few other big names there, Stephen, there are, too. Yeah. Glenn Ferguson. Oh, they're older. Yeah. Who else was it? Glenn Ferguson, Davey Paul Larmer. Key, Davy Larmer. Yeah. There some good players come through Dungoyne. Kim Nelson, who's currently at Glen Torn. Yeah. He played for them as well. And then after Dungoyne, what happened? Um, signed for the Olympic Swifts team um, at 16. Played there for a couple of seasons and then broke in, I think it was the, towards the end of the clean sweep season, just got a few games, um, uh, I think it was about 18, 19 at the time. Um, just found it a bit difficult to get in in front of Peter Thompson and Glenn Ferguson, who were the two of the best well, two strikers in the yes. ever. Um, and obviously it was a striker back then, so maybe things might have been a wee bit different had it been playing wide, but it um, wasn't the way at them. 
Uh, yeah, as you say, you were an out-and-out striker and uh, you were down the packing order a bit. Uh, was it a disappointment for you when you decided, I've got to get out of here to get playing? No, it wasn't a disappointment. It was um, it was exciting to get out and play in Irish League football. Obviously, I'd, I'd had a taste of it. I think I played around 10 games at Linfield. Um, and you scored a few goals, if I remember. scored a few goals, but I wanted to get out there playing and make a name for myself. So... Um, Jerry Flynn took me down at Nuri initially on loan and then signed there permanently for a few years. Yeah, you were there for three years. But yeah. Jerry had a good influence on you. Yeah, Jerry was brilliant. Um, wanted to play the right way. and At that stage, Nuri had make a, made a few marquee signings. Um, like so Chris Morgan had went down um, with Richard Clark, who's top player, um, Mickey Collins. So the talent was there. Um, I think we actually went top of the league one year, sort of November time. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, tailed off. But it was a great experience playing down at Nuri. So you learned your trade down there in many ways. Yeah, pretty much. And you got to a League Cup final when you were in the Premiership and you played in the final, Portadown, who had been relegated to the Championship. And shock horror, you as big favourites were stuffed 1-0, lost the final. It was certainly disappointing, but looking back, we probably weren't favourites. I mean, Portadown were, for all intents and purposes, a Premier League <coughs> club. Yeah. It was off-field issues that resulted in the relegation. They'd beaten, I think, Glen Tornan and Field on the way to get to the final. So we were up against it, actually, as the Premiership club, albeit we wanted to win the final. Um, so that was a, certainly a disappointment, but made up for it for um, a few League Cup wins at Cliftonville. Mm. How did the move to Cliftonville come about? Who sp- spotted you or who approached you? Um, I actually approached Cliftonville. Um, I was set for a move to Scotland and it fell through sort of late in the day, um, in the January um, 2010. Oh yeah, when you were at Newry, you could have gone to Morton. Yeah, I'd went on trial to St Johnston, um, and then there was a couple of scouts there, so I was set to sign full-time at Greenock Morton. Um, James Grady was the manager at the time. Um, but Newry wouldn't let me go at that stage. The chairman just um, was maybe requesting too much money or, or whatever. Um, I thought it was going to happen in the summer, but the manager had got the sack, so sort of left in limbo, didn't know what to do. And How disappointing was that? It was very disappointing, yeah. I mean, you're all set for, for moving to full-time Cross football. Cross-channel, full-time football, yeah. So it didn't quite happen. And then I sort of surveyed, you know, what clubs were available locally. I played at Linfield, it didn't quite happen. Um, Glens were a very strong side at that stage. Um, but suppose Clifton Bullet stood out. And I knew um, Eddie Patterson through a few friends of mine. So um, I'd actually te- just text him saying, would you be interested? So... It's amazing a player of his calibre has had to sort of say, can I have a trial to a senior league club? But there must have been a few clubs recognised what he could do. Yeah, and as, as Stevie said, he, he had a good good time at Newry. He learned his trade, made a name for himself. He'd been at Linfield before, so his quality's obviously there. But some, sometimes you need you need that, Jackie. You know, sometimes, you, you know, you, you said you, you contacted Eddie Patterson and... You know, but for that, you you don't know where you might end it up, and you've been happy at Cliftonville and played there and won league medals and stuff. So, you know, ultimately it was a good move for for, for Stevie. Probably the right club at the right time for him. It was a good move. Uh, eight years here in your eighth season, uh, two league titles back to back, two league cups, and uh, a shield. Yeah. So it's quite a haul. What what stands out for you? What are the big memories? The. Um the first County Anthem Shield, the final, um, you say County Anthem Shield, and it's a surprising one out of that list, but I think it was 2011, um, and things were just starting to change at Cliftonville. Um, I can remember going out, we played Glen Torn at the Oval, I can remember leaving the tunnel and just being amazed at the amount of Cliftonville fans were in the stadium. Yeah. Um, 
was just unbelievable. So that sort of really gave us the belief that you know what we can actually win things. Um, then the next big one was we beat Crusaders 4-0, um, I think it was 2013, on Sky um, in, in the League Cup final. Um, and that really propelled us on to win the League Championship that year. So I suppose it was building for a couple of years um, with a couple of minor successes. Um, and then naturally the, the back-to-back leagues. What was that like under Tommy Breslin? Tommy Breslin, yeah. Tommy was fantastic. Um, yeah. It was brilliant, just a brilliant experience. Um, Cliftonville hadn't won the league, I think, maybe in since 98 or something. Um, 98, that's right. So they say, I mean, one, one league at Cliftonville is maybe like five at Linfield. So um, not just in stats, but also in the field and, you know, the value of it. And um, those back-to-back titles just live long in the memory for, for what I can remember of them. Did you, you played against Celtic, didn't you? Yeah. Did you play at Parkhead? Played in both legs, yeah. What was that like? Again, amazing, just as a player you want to play in front of the big crowds yeah. and go out, I think it was 40 odd thousand there. Um, and we held our own, we did very well. You're standing the back of your head, eh? Yeah, I remember just warming up and the uh, this stadium just gradually filling up and obviously you've got butterflies and a bit nervous, but the boys were fantastic. I think they beat us 2-0 at Parkhead, but we were well in the game. We actually had a chance to, to equalise at one each, or to make it one each, so. Well, the game for all of us is about memories, and uh, that's one you'll never forget, yeah, I'm sure. Definitely. Yeah, there there were down times, of course. You had a bad injury. Yeah, so we, um, you said two league cup titles, uh, league, league cup uh, medals. We actually won four years in a row, four but in a row, I yeah. missed the two in the middle, three injury. Um, did my medial ligament, a real bad one, and then did my cruciate ligament on oh. the other knee. So, um, but thankfully, the recovery's been smooth and. Some you people were out for a long time. Yeah, I was out for about seven months with the cruciate, yeah. um, which coincided with the pre-season as well, so it was a longer period. But um, the main thing was getting back playing. I mean, injuries happen as part of football, so can't dwell too much on it. Yeah, and you've just signed at the start of the season a three-year contract. Yeah, and you're 30 now, so that's good. You'll keep going. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, just turned 30 there um, last sort of summer. Um, it was in negotiations, my contract was up, it was in negotiations with a few, few clubs, but given what the success I've had at Cliftonville and I know the club inside out and they sort of, um, you know, rewarded my loyalty to an extent as well and, and gave me that three-year day. The effort he puts in and the condition he's always in, he doesn't have any weight problems, uh, he could play a long time. Yeah. I mean, and you would advise him to do that, definitely. as you did. Yeah, well, I mean, I played, I was 38 and <coughs> I probably think it's Stop the year too soon, Jackie. That's my opinion. <laughs> You'll probably tell me different. I'll let that one slide <laughs> past. <laughs> but no, when you see someone like Stevie, he obviously looks after himself. And I think players are playing that a little bit longer now as well. Yeah. And, you know, once you're out of it, you really do miss it. So, you know, the advice that I would give is obviously to keep playing as long as you, you can and you want to win as much as you can because when you look back at it, it's, it's great to look back at those memories. No, this is something you can't be involved in. Okay. Although you could give an opinion. You're not allowed to gamble being a player. Premiership games this weekend. Odds by McLean's. We have two games on Friday night. Uh, Glenavon third place against Warren Point. And uh, where are the prices? Glenavon two to seven. You would expect that. Warren Point seven to one. Glenavon must be a shoe in. Yeah, isn't it? you would think. Well. You would think, Jackie, we all know in this league that's not the way it happens, but certainly coming off the back of that great result at Windsor last week, Glenavon will be on a high and they're playing against one of the bottom sides, Warren Point. It's a game, if their attitude's right, they should go in and win. I was going to say, you have to just watch yourself yeah. coming down off that high. Balna Mallard also on a Friday night at home to Cliftonville. 
Cliffable fourth, Balna Mallard bottom, and the Mallards are seven to one, Cliffable two to seven. Again, Cliffenville, it's a game they, they would expect to win if they go with the right attitude and Val and Mallard are really struggling again and, and uh, that's one that Cliffenville should, should be picking up three points in. I know it's an awful price too to send with that. Be good for one of your double teams. <laughs> My confidence is low, Jackie. <laughs> uh, four games on Saturday. The leaders, Crusaders, at home to Carrick. One to nine, Crusaders. Carrick, 16 to one. Yeah, and I think the last... Fixture uh, between the two at CV it was seven one the Crusaders. Was seven, yeah, that's um, right. So Carrick will be looking to, to avoid that. You would expect them to go and, and park the bus, so to speak. Um, but you would still expect Crusaders to, if they get an early goal there again, they could they could score score it well, such as the form that they're in. And uh, you've got to see three points there for Crusaders. Yeah, and a, a game I think you'll be at on Saturday. Glen Torn against Coleraine. Glen Torn seventh, Coleraine second place. Uh, the Glens are sixteen to five, mm-hmm. Coleraine four to six. I think it'll be a tough enough game, Jackie. The last game was a was a draw, nil nil draw. And if you remember, Glens Horn missed the penalty in the very last kick with John McGuigan. Injury time, that's yeah, right. Yeah, and, and I mean, Glens Horn had a great result in Boxing Day against Linfield, but they haven't followed that up against you know Dungan and Warren Point, Ballin Mallard. But I think this Saturday there'll be a good crowd at the Oval. Glens Horn will get themselves up for this game They're against Coleraine. They, I think the Glens will be up for this, so I think it'll be. Difficult. It'll be a difficult fixture for Coleraine, and I, I sort of fancy a draw on that one. Good game at the Valamita Showgrounds, the one I'll be at. United in sixth place against Linfield in fifth. United thirteen to five. Linfield four to five. Blue men will see that as a good bet. Yeah, they, they will. It's a good price for for Linfield away from home. But again, both teams are coming off the back of uh, defeats in the in the league, and obviously Ballymena in the county Antrim Shield as well. So. Both teams are looking to, to bounce back, Jackie, and I think, again, that's a tough one to call. That could be a very close game. Mm. And finally, Dungannon in eighth position against Ards in ninth, and a win for Ards there would see them leapfrog Dungannon into eighth place. Yeah. Dungannon, even money, Ards 11-5. to five. It was a big incentive for Ards, as you said, to, to leapfrog Dungannon and get themselves up into a really healthy position in the league for, for Ards. And... You know they'll be going in fully motivated there. Dungannon with their new signing, Daniel Hughes. You know they'll be hoping he hits the ground running. Um, I've marked down here before the show started. Fancy for a draw. Sitting in the fence. <laughs> right. Okay. So what's your double? I'm going to go for the two draws. Dungannon against Ards and Glenshorn against Coleraine. Two draws. Well, I'm going to go. Dungannon, even money, and Coleraine, four to six. I think Coleraine showed us their metal last week and they're in this for the long haul. But who knows? Betting in football and always bet with great care and caution. Stephen, thanks again. Thanks, Jackie. Lieber. Thanks, Jackie. Top man. Best pundit in the business. Okay, that's it. I hope you've enjoyed the programme. As I always say, good games at the weekend. Get out there. You will enjoy it, honestly. And we will see you next time here on Belfast Live on the football show. That's next week. Take care. Bye-bye.